What's happening, everybody? Welcome back to Answering Questions from Reddit. I'm your host, Lucky, or Mental Health Casual, whatever you guys prefer to call me. And today, we are doing the usual. For anybody that is new, basically all we do is go to three separate subreddits all about mental health and you know, usually about different um, subcategories of mental health. And so today, we're going to be looking at the DBT self-help. And if you guys don't know what DBT means, dialectical... Um, I'm sorry, uh, dialectic behavioral therapy, um, make me feel better subreddit or MMFB for short, uh, and psychotherapy subreddit. So, um, yeah, we'll see how all these go. Um, so I'm more into CBT than DBT. Um, cognitive behavioral therapy is much more of the critical analysis of the thoughts. Um, but I thought I would, give this one a shot. I'm not a super, um, I'm not, I'm not super like full on with the, um, with exactly what DBT is, if I'm being real with you, but I figure, you know, if anybody could, um, I figure, you know, that maybe this would be a good place to start. So let's check out the first one. Um, how do you know if you are in wise mind? So I have no idea what this means, but hopefully they'll, they'll explain it. Hey y'all, I feel like the DBT skills program I did um, I did did not spend as much time on wise time as maybe I mean wise mind or wise time or wise time as maybe some other programs and I'm still not fully sure I understand the concept. Often when I'm revisiting other skills such as inter interpersonal effectiveness skills, one people uh, one thing people say is make sure you are in wise mind to do this. And I'm like, if wise mind means I'm emotionally regulated, then this is going to be really hard to do any kind of intense situation. I can practice to stress tolerance skills to lower my SUDs. Uh, a bit, but uh, that doesn't mean suddenly I can think totally clearly. So if you realize I did not describe what SUD means because I don't know what it means. I'm going to figure that out as I go, <laughs> as I go through this. Um, hmm, nope, I have no idea. Let's keep going. <laughs> if wise mind is when I feel like I am clearly well many, many days, uh, I'm clearly well many days that only happens for about two seconds at a time, a few times a day, if at all. How do you know if you are in wise mind or not? And how do you take action from a place of wise mind in difficult situations? For example, I'm having conflict with a housemate. I get very angry anytime I think about it. I'm applying skills around it and it is helping me very much to, to not let it go get to me as much as it otherwise would. But I'm afraid for when we talk about it in person, I know I'll get triggered and won't be able to access a totally clear head while talking to them, no matter what skills I use. Hmm. Let's see here. Uh, let's read the first comment, actually, just to get something out. I often write out a list of ways I want to deal with the situation and mark them into the three three categories of emotion mind, reason mind, and wise mind. Okay, so I'm starting to kind of get what wise mind is, but let's keep going. It's really hard to do in the moment, so I try to give myself time when I'm feeling calmer. Um, just see what this uh, wise mind DBT. Let me just see what that says. Uh, let's see here. Okay, let me let me just. I looked up what wise mind meant. Wise mind, dialectical behavioral therapy, uses the concept of a reason, reasonable, emotional, and wise mind to describe a person's thoughts and behaviors. The reasonable mind is driven by logic. The emotional mind is driven by feelings, and the wise mind is a middle ground between the two. Okay, that's not what I thought. Actually, <laughs> I thought maybe the wise mind was the logical one, but it is a way to uh, to. So this is a weird thing because I've always hovered in between the. Um, let's see the emotional and the reasonable mind um just because when the emotional got too out of control i was like all right well the opposite of this is is reasonable but then you have to you have to have some type of emotion in there so that people 
want to engage first off you know i mean if you're let's say if you're a completely reasonable therapist nobody's gonna want to open up to you because all you're doing is talking about reason and you're not actually showing an emotional connection to the person right um then again if you're an overly emotional therapist like oh my god i can't believe they did that to you you know it's just all over the, like just all over like like you're gossiping right like like two two girls gossiping just like oh my god i can't believe he did that to you just dump him you know <laughs> Um, then it gets pretty problematic in the opposite direction. So um, I do like this idea of the wise mind. Now, what I would say is acknowledge the fact that you're angry about this, right? Um, you're, it almost sounds like this person is doing exactly what I'm doing, where they're like, okay, how do I get to a reasonable state? And it's like, okay, you're probably not. Okay, it just in, in, in most cases, right, when you're triggered like that, right? Um, the thing that you can do is bring it down, bring the anger down. Like, I think sometimes we think we have to bring the anger down to a zero when we're talking or when we're doing something. Um, now, I mean, if you could, that's absolutely wonderful. You know, please don't say that. I uh, don't think that I'm trying to tell you like, oh yeah, don't even try to make it zero, but try and just diminish it as much as you can. Right. Um, just, you know, it sounds like, I mean, I don't know exactly what the dispute is, but if it is really bothering you, then of course you're going to have, uh, you're going to have a little bit of, uh, you know, resentment towards somebody, but in order to get rid of that, uh, get rid of that resentment, um, you're going to have to, um, have that tough conversation, right? Um, okay. I'm trying to look at what SE, oh, substance use disorder. Thank you. Oh my goodness gracious. Um, but you also have to acknowledge the reality that, Hey, this, this thing makes me really anxious. This thing makes me really angry and coming at it in that sense, actually that acceptance will actually, for me, it's always really, um, it's always really helped me like diffuse, like just, just, just take down the fire a little bit. Right. Cause once you know what you're dealing with, it's like, Oh, okay. I mean, I'm still freaking afraid of it. Right. It's like, if, if somebody, okay, this is a really bad example, but, uh, um, let's say you had to go into the cage, right? You had to go into a, a fight with somebody, right? And somebody said, okay, so I'll tell you what, this guy is really good at grappling. Uh, but, you know, it doesn't seem like he's that great with his feet. Okay, cool. I got to keep this standing. But, you know, if he does get me to the ground, I mean, I'm probably probably going to be, you know, screwed. You know, just, just real talk, right? Um, as long as you know kind of what you're dealing with, it's almost like, uh, you know, a lot, another fighting analogy is, right, a lot of times people get knocked out by the punches they don't see, like the punches that they weren't ready for. And you can see that a lot, right, with uppercuts that just land flush. And it's like, oh, my God, I wasn't expecting that, especially with guys that shoot for takedowns, right, because when they're shooting for a takedown, they're not, you know, they're not exactly seeing what's happening. So that's why a lot of times in MMA, they'll tell you, OK, look, look up when you're going for a takedown, look up. So that a you don't get guillotine with uh, yeah, I'm getting to too much uh, sorry MMA speak but basically you know a lot of times you get hit, hit by something that you're not expecting it's gonna knock you out like a sucker punch right um, so you know at least knowing what you're going into can help out a lot with that but I also like what this other person said I, I'm not a big fan of making like a big like oh let me just make a list of all this this is and this and if that helps you absolutely it doesn't really help me because all it does is make me overthink more stuff to the point where it's like, I don't even want to deal with this anymore. But if that is something that helps you, I mean, absolutely go for it. Uh, best skill for impatience. I started getting into drawing as one of my building, uh, one of my building a life worth living activities. 
and I've been enjoying it. So I entered into art classes. The thing I, is, I get too excited to jump into the paper, and, I, and then I, and when I should be spending more time studying the reference I'm using, before I even make a single mark on the page, when I do something wrangled myself in, it ends up looking way better. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, I figure I should probably use a DPT skill to help with that impatience and impulsivity, but I don't know what would be the best skill for something like this. Would appreciate any help. So hold on. Let me just see here. Things I get excited, too excited to jump into the paper when I should be spending more time studying the reference I'm using before I even make a single mark on the page when I, okay. So, so <clears throat> typically, I mean, th this, this has a lot to do with um, I can relate to this a little bit when I am uh, doing videos, right? Uh, mostly for my anime casuals uh, thing, because I've been mostly doing podcasts for for mental health casual. But um, whenever I have to do a video or something like that, I have a video idea. Typically, man, I have to write a script. It's just it, it, it's a lot smoother. There's just so much more with it. Um, but with that script, right? Let's say I write a script and the script says, um, I'm trying to think. The script says, I'm going to use some anime references in here. So, you know, please forgive me if you don't watch anime. Um, so the reason why my favorite character in Dragon Ball Z is not Goku, it's actually Vegeta is, um, is because he's a better overall character, right? Let's say I write that down, right? But then as I'm reading it, I start to think, ah, oh, this isn't kicking as much, right? So instead I say, the reason, uh, one of the reasons why uh goku from dragon ball z is not my favorite character and vegeta is is because vegeta just overall has a better storyline to him he has more characters up character ups and downs and whereas goku is a very stagnant character he's pretty much the same person he was in the beginning than in the end right i can do that but i have a foundation to go along with it you have to think about um the 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 the, the beginning parts are just as important as the like if you want to think about it, like a rough draft is just as important as the final draft okay to you to you obviously it doesn't like nobody really cares about it once they see the final draft they're like oh cool the final draft but to the writer right um you have to look at it from the draw from your perspective right which you are a drawer you're not the consumer of this right yeah i mean obviously you could consume it right you could look at it and be like oh my god this is like i love it you know i, I like to watch some of my videos from time to time but you know ultimately uh you know, you have to look at it from your perspective. What you uh, also thinking of it this way, right? Um, what it, what is a video that I would want to watch? Would I want to watch some video that's just kind of pieced together? Now, granted, I have podcasts where I just piece things together, just like this, right? Where I just do it every day. I'm trying to get better at it, so this is the only way I could think of. Hey, why don't we just do a daily podcast for both anime casuals and mental health casual and get better at it as we go along. And, you know, sure, if you want to stick with me right now, that's absolutely fine. If nobody listens, that's absolutely fine. I'm throwing this out there. I'm throwing myself out to the world. I'm also trying to help some people in the process. So, um, you know, sure. It, I would just say, think about what it's going to contribute to the final product. And don't think about it as separate from the final piece. You know, think about it as part of the final piece. So, uh, let's see. Make me feel better. Reddit. So let me get a drink of water real quick. I'm overly sensitive, but still bummed about this place. Oh, that's good. I asked for help on a non-tech or on a tech type subreddit. Got it from a couple of people, but others were just uh, just effing mean. Not truly awful mean, but lacking in kindness. It put me in a bad mood, and I'm trying to feed the happy wolf rather than the sad one. Uh, for people that don't know, it's uh, it's a reference to. Uh, Oh my god, I can't remember this 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 thing, but um, you know, it was basically like a metaphor of like you know, it, it you know, if there's a I don't think this is a happy sad wolf thing, but basically like who if you 
who ends up surviving the this wolf or that wolf, uh, the wolf that you feed, right? So if you're feeding your your dark, depressive wolf, you know, so to speak, then you are going to it's going to end up getting bigger, right? <clears throat> and it's going to end up surviving. Um, but still, I could do with a pick me up. I know I'm overly sensitive, and you need a thick skin for the internet. But man, I've got nothing to, nice to say. Say nothing. Uh, if you got nothing nice to say, say nothing. Um, so yeah, so the, the, the thing about the internet, it, like I said, man, it's gonna, you're gonna get some, you know, every time I put on, um, like the anime subreddits or something like that, it's God, you know, you, you end up getting some, I mean, I haven't had some over any overly, uh, terrible comments or anything like that. Or even on my YouTube videos, I haven't had any terribly bad comments or anything like that, but uh, you know, I get some every now and then that are, you know, on our anime casuals YouTube, we have a video that went up to 10,000 views now. And, you know, every now and then people are going to, you know, talk about it. And, you know, I don't blame them. I didn't really do all that much research on it. I literally watched two videos and I was like, all right, time to listen to the expert. You know, <laughs> I totally get why people, you know, I was talking about a Korean martial art called Taekyeon and, uh, People, you know, some people uh, who were more into the the I don't want to call them mystic martial arts, but the more people that were into the 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 old martial art ways, because I compared to MMA a lot, right? Where it didn't like that comparison, and I'm like, okay, I totally get that, right? But um, but you know, you have to also think about where they're coming from, right? Um, in that case, now in this case you it, it kind of goes back to you know taking what you can get from negativity right um it's almost like straining the salt out of water when you you know i, I remember i don't know exactly how to explain it other than that but you know when you're straining salt out of the ocean out of the salt water right um to get it to, to be drinkable that kind of thing um that's kind of what you have to do with these negative comments now you shouldn't douse yourself right you shouldn't douse yourself in just negativity and be like oh my god this is this is this is getting me angrier you know just keep on keep on reading the the terrible comments so you can just get really pissed off but uh you know ultimately you should be able to uh, i i always like to to really own the negative things thrown at me because i for a long time i was just really um i was just really like internalizing a lot of it man but once you get used to it once you get to the point where it's like man i i i don't think uh you know, personally, I don't think you're right about your negativity, but, you know, maybe there's something I can I can use out of this comment to, you know, make something out of it. Right. Uh, you know, I still have problems with this on like Overwatch when I play Overwatch and, you know, somebody says like, oh, my God, you weren't healing me enough. You were not healing. No, 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 no healing, even though you you had the most heals out of the whole game. No, no, no heals. Uh, you know, I get a little mad at that. Right. Um, but the thing is, I don't. This is my main rule. I do not comment back directly to them, right? If I have to say anything, I'll usually write it out and I'll delete the, or, you know, I'll keep it in a journal or something like that. Uh, usually I delete it just so I don't look at it again and be like, oh, I remember, <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, I don't write them back because then you become a, you become part of the cycle of negativity. Now you're, now you're a part of it, right? Whereas if you stay out of it, then you don't see, and you looking for help, that's awesome, you know? But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's not, um, it's not uh once you become a part of it man it's almost irreversible at that point um 
this is okay. This is a very uh, dark comment, but uh, you know, I think it's something that we should bring me talk about. Anyone else could have existed. So I think I know where this is going. My existence has not only caused me pain and inconvenience to everyone around me. I feel selfish and cowardly for not taking my only way out, uh, which I'm, uh, I'm assuming applies uh, suicide, right? The, the problem with this, right, is that you do exist. So people think uh, that regret is going to, now, this is me like shitting on the person. It's just, it's a very common mindset uh, in the mental health community, at least from what I've seen, right? Where it's just like, oh my God, like any, you know, all these people die every day and yet here I am living. Like why? You know, you it's, it's, it's survivor's guilt to a large degree, right? Uh, but, you know, I think instead of looking at it that way, you have to think about, okay, what can I do with the life that I've been given, right? If you, if you, if you shape it differently, if you shape the question differently, then you're able to actually think, oh, you know, maybe I should be doing something with this. Like, like, if you feel like, if you feel like your, your existence is inconveniencing everyone around you, that's okay. How do I change that? How do I get to a point where I can convenience people around me? How do I get like, I feel like sometimes we're framing the thoughts in our heads wrong, right? You're, you're framing what you're thinking about wrong. You're thinking about it in the most negative way. You're not thinking about what you could be doing because thinking about what you're not doing. Cool. Right. It's like, Oh man, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. That's cool. Right. That's fine. You acknowledge that, but you're not, if you're not thinking about, uh, if you're not thinking about the ways to get out of that, then, you know, I remember I heard this great line and I can't remember exactly what it said, but it was like, um, uh, um, I think it's, 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 I think it said a vision without a plan is fantasy, right? So if you have a vision for yourself, but you're not making a plan or if you're not, um, oh, sorry, vision without execution is fantasy, right? So if you're, if you have a vision in mind and you're not executing anything, then it's a fantasy, right? Uh, I think this person has, has fallen into the idea like, oh my God, this is, you know, you're only looking at the, uh, you know, to reference the last post, right? You're only feeding the sad wolf. Um, and, you know, you really have to look out and even just stepping one foot into that direction is so empowering for uh, so many reasons, right? Because, oh, wow, I'm one step away from where I was before, right? Like, let's say if you look at a number line, right, where zero is the middle, negative is the you know left side, positive is the right side. If you're on a negative six or negative seven, right? Let's say 10 is the top on both sides. So 10, a positive 10 is like super good about yourself. You're living life to the fullest. Negative 10 is just like, I mean, you're borderline, you know, at the end of your wits and, you know, thinking about doing something def de uh, dangerous. Then let's say you're at a negative seven and you get to a negative three, right? That, that you're still in the negatives, but you're closer to the zero. You're closer to that middle point. You're closer to the positives. And you're getting closer to being a, you know, maybe functioning, I guess I would say maybe at negative two or negative one, you could still be functioning. But once you get into like negative sevens or something like that, that's when, you know, you want to stay in bed all day, all that kind of stuff. So um, yeah, that that's that's something you, you can be looking at, right? Like, even though you're not, maybe you're, you're still depressed, maybe you're still anxious, maybe you're still all this stuff. But, you know, you have to think about it in that way, right? You have to think about it in the fact that you're doing something you know, to make yourself better. And that's going to eventually, you know, hopefully help somebody. So, you know, I just wanted to throw in my, my thoughts on that, but um, let's see what we got here. We've got uh, the next subreddit, which is psychotherapy. How do I teach body neutrality to an overweight client who struggles with body image? 
I have a client who is very overweight, like not just a bit, but a lot. She has also some minor health issues because of this. She struggles with self-image. She constantly thinks she's ugly, fat, etc. She seems motivated to lose weight, but she is an emotional eater, so she struggles to stay on a diet. This is something I will explore with her further. However, before I do that, I'd like to give her some psychoeducation on body neutrality. It's okay if she wants to lose weight and that's her goal, but I would like her to understand that the way she looks is not all that matters and that there's an, uh, a healthier way to look at our bodies. Our bodies, at the end of the day, are mainly machines. If we like the way they look, that's good, but that's not why we have bodies. I have, I have never worked with a client with this issue, so I'm not sure how to approach it or how to make her understand this concept, with, uh, concept without giving her just a lecture on body neutrality. I was wondering if there's a way to make her understand why looks don't need to matter, although I can see how it's hard in any, in the social media age. Any advice? So, um, yeah, I mean, first off, I think that's actually a good way to, to talk about this, right? Because um, you have you have empirical knowledge that she's not eating right, right? So that's 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 exactly the thing. Um, now, whether or not she looks good, right? That's absolutely true in some cases, right? In in the case that you know, listen, uh, you know, I remember hearing a doctor say this, and I don't know how true this is, but I can see why it would be true, right? Even if you lose like 15 pounds, and you're like 300 pounds, right? So maybe you're, uh, you're way overweight, even if you lose 20 pounds, the health difference in that 20 pounds is crazy. Like it's ridiculous to a certain degree, how much better you'll feel after doing it, right? And so it's, I think you should be thinking about it in, in terms of that, right? Like, um, you know, I mean, I, I think there's no way you're going to get in, out of get into this conversation without talking about body neutrality at some point, right? Because um, there's body positivity, there's body negativity. But, you know, obviously, body neutrality is looking at it from an objective point of view, like, hey, there is, you know, if you want to look the way you look, that's fine. But if you want to feel better, you need to clean up your diet a little bit, right? You need to maybe save these big calorie days for the weekend or, you know, something like that. Right. Uh, that's something that I do. Right. I, I end up eating, you know, pizza on like Thursday or Friday or both, you know, but, uh, you know, Saturday is usually when I, I taper off a little bit, you know, I only have like a bowl of oatmeal for the day and then Sunday is usually when I fast. So, um, yeah, you have to really think about it in that way, you know, like how, you know, once you, once you get into the point of, um, you know, of, of this way, you really do have to bring it up in some way. And I think that is probably the best way, right? Is just bringing up the fact that, you know, we're talking about functionality here, right? We're talking about functionality. Um, I don't care about how you look. I care about how you work in, instead. So I think you kind of answered your own question if I'm being real. Um, just because you haven't worked with this before doesn't mean it, uh, too much to me. I think uh, you're more than qualified. And I think that's a, a really intelligent, uh, I think it's a very intelligent answer. So, um, the rise of online therapy. I don't mean teletherapy provided through your private practice. I'm talking about the generic. We'll pair you with a counselor sites like Talkspace and BetterHelp. There's been a huge influx of them during the pandemic. I get ads for them on Instagram all the time. Aside from the older Talkspace and BetterHelp and Seven Cups, a new a few a few new ones that quickly come to mind are Cerebral, Path, Regain, Pride, Counseling, Maven, ZenCare, Equip. Uh, equip. Some of these don't feel like therapy, just like a big box healthcare store doing doling out scripts and CBT sessions. I'm curious what everyone's thoughts were about therapy apps being the hot new thing in the tech world, because let's be real. Most of the times, most of the time, these companies have investors because they're tech backend and platform 
not because of their amazing therapist. It feels like a fad. And sometimes I worry that the quality of services being provided, uh, I, I worry about the services being provided. In my state, a lot of news counselors apply for cerebral and tout it as a great way to get started in running a personal practice of their own time. Yeah, so it can definitely do this. Um, it, it can definitely it can definitely be that. And I'm not too sure about a lot of these, right? They're definitely more affordable in some ways than typical uh, therapy, right? It, it's now I do mean affordable in the sense that you even without Medicare or sorry, even without medical care, you can get a, somebody for like 60 bucks a, a week, right? I mean, that's the minimum, right? That's uh, it goes from 60 to 90 on better help. I think um, I don't know. I, I, I just read some of the rules because I'm trying to help somebody that commented on a video of mine. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think I, I don't think it's a bad thing per se. I think if anything, it brings a more competitive workspace to the brings a more competitive workspace to the uh, psychology space. But at the same time, I do wonder, you know, I, I would probably just look at it in terms of, hey, you know, maybe you need. Uh, maybe you need something quick. Now, if it's something very big, then yeah, maybe you want to see a vetted therapist or, you know, anything like that. But, you know, at the same time, if, if you're really struggling, and you don't know where else to go and you're, you're kind of short on cash. Maybe you uh, maybe you only see this person, you know, maybe you just need to see him for a month or something like that. And you, you know, you drop, what is it, 60 times four, 240 bucks, you know, still a lot of money. But if it's something that could save your life, then I say go for it. Um, sure, you're going to have questionable, you know, accolades maybe. But yeah, if people are looking at this as maybe like a way to get work, sorry, as a way to get work done, but I'm sorry, to, a way to get work experience before actually getting into the job, then that's totally cool. Because obviously when you're uh, when you're a licensed therapist, it can be, you know, it's first off, it's tough to get the license, right? You have to get thousands of hours, thousands of hours of, 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 of uh, practice with with people, right? Um, so if there's some way to get uh, some money before you get actually have to go into one of these environments, that's totally cool. And you also get some experience in there. So um, I, I think of it kind of like as college counselors, right? You know, um, are they the best? Maybe in some cases they, they can definitely be very good, but there's only one of them and there's not really at your school, right? There's usually maybe one or, uh, you know, maybe one or five. And by college counselor, I mean like school psychologists, right? Maybe like three tops maybe, but you know, they're, they're there for you and at least they're more accessible, you know, that kind of stuff. So just my thoughts on it. Uh, one last one thoughts on porn addiction. Uh, hey, y'all. So I've come across some information on viewpoints on porn sex addiction and regarding whether or not it's whether or not it's real. I've had a therapist say it's basically unethical to even acknowledge porn addiction as a real addiction. And then again, I've had clients really struggle due to porn use. Want to know your thoughts and if you have any articles that may disprove or verify the use. Uh, thanks, y'all. Yeah. So porn addiction is a thing. But the problem is when you look at it, it's like, oh, well, you, you it's the same. It's the same thing with social media addiction. Right. It's an addiction, but it doesn't have it doesn't um, it doesn't uh, it doesn't have any chemical going into you, you know, making you addicted to that chemical. It basically makes your own brain use chemicals of its own to make to say like, oh, wow, this is great. Right. With porn addiction, it can go from, uh, you know, everything from, you know, I, I, I do know that serotonin gets released, but I'm trying to think of the the other hormones, you know, the oxytocin. um 
you know, all that kind of stuff, right? It may, it makes you, especially for guys, right? It makes them feel like they're, they're worth something because they're actually getting, uh, they're actually getting, um, that feeling that they're, they're, you know, some type of stud, you know, they're just, they're doing all these women and, you know, it, it's I'm not saying that's exactly why everybody does it, but I'm just saying that's a, an after effect of some of it. Right. Um, when you have that, that, that urge and you're just like, Oh, I can just go do this. But yes, it is. I believe that it's an actual addiction. You know, I, it's just like sex addiction to a certain degree. Um, but you know, with, with porn addiction, it can be, you know, some people I've heard, of, I've heard of some people just spending days, man, like days on, on, on a website, dude. I'm just like, dude, that's so many viruses for your computer. But um, yeah, it, it, it anything, this is how I, this is how I how I describe an addiction, and I'm I'm sure the actual definition is not the same. But um, how I describe a def- an addiction is anything that it, in uh, that deters your or that um, that corrupts your your uh, best way of life and something that you can't stop easily. Right um, now, this can get difficult with like things like food. Right, like obviously, if you tell somebody to fast for a day, they're going to be kind of like, what? Why would I do that? You know. But if it's something that you don't exactly need, right, like like porn and anything like that, if you tell somebody to stop for one day and they can't do it, then it be, it's an addiction, right? If you t- same thing with weed, right? If I tell somebody to stop for one day and they can't do it, they're addicted. Okay, um, so yeah, the the thought that uh, an actual therapist would say, you know, even acknowledging porn addiction is is ridiculous. Like that's that's re- that's ridiculous in and of its own, uh, in and of its of itself, right? Um, yes, people can absolutely get addicted to like anything nowadays, right? Because it's so prevalent. There's so much stimulation out there. So just my thoughts there, guys. But as always, I will leave the link to all these subreddits in the description box down below. Also, if you guys want to email me, you can email me at mentalhealthcasual at gmail.com. Also, there will be a link to our link tree in the description box down below. Uh, if you want to check out all things casual, but as always, guys, don't forget to keep it casual.